0: Welcome to Shift, a new travel local podcast series. On Shift, we explore the trends shaping travel, but more than that, we hope to provide our listeners with actions to help their business. Shift provides a balance of thought-provoking ideas, what really works on the ground, and how tourism businesses and other travel destinations can shift things into gear. Time to ride. Ready to shift a Travel Local company podcast. I'm your host and founder of Travel Local, Will Harding. We don't need another hero is the title of today's episode. We're looking at the local economy tourism solutions that deliver the real community well-being you want. My studio guest today is Jeremy Stone, Director of Community Economic Development at Simon Fraser University and founder of Recovery and Relief Services. Hey, Jeremy, how are you doing today? Uh, doing great. So we were talking before the show, and you let me know that you're from Texas. Uh, yes, I am. I was born and raised there and uh,
1: ended up moving around a long time uh, after you know I turned 18. And then around 13 years ago, I moved up here to Canada and uh, got my citizenship and have never left again.
0: Well, uh, today's episode uh, pays respect. I know this is a little bit weird, but... You know, it pays respect to Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. If you think about it, it's this bleak world ravaged by war and environmental disaster. Uh, what's left of humanity has formed into these tribes of savages who compete and kill for any energy source that they can find. In that vein, Jeremy, what, what's happening to communities that are overly invested in natural resource extraction and attracting mega projects?
1: You know, I mean, I think that there's different concerns at different levels. There's certainly the macro level concern of climate change and, and how just our overall economy contributes to that problem or pivots away from, from that problem. So I think that Canada is still very stuck within contributing to the climate change problem rather than alleviating the problem. You know, And that's not necessarily something that I'm saying as blame. You know, it's not necessarily that we're bad for that or communities are bad for that, but we, we haven't really developed the strong pivot away from that yet. You know, I think when you get down to the, the next level of like, say, a community based level, you know, we're seeing that uh, the communities are dependent on industries that are highly volatile. You know, so, you know, looking at, say, the forestry industry, it's been very volatile. It's very boom and bust. Right. And, you know, we're seeing yeah, in the commercial absolutely. fisheries that, you know, certainly there's a lot of steady uh, progression downward in terms of the availability of the stocks and then the impacts of climate change on that resource. And then obviously, you know, with the oil and gas se- sector, it's a boom cycle for a number of years, lots and lots of jobs. And then you know, that sort of fallow time where, you know, construction's over and it's just down to maintenance. And so, you know, I think a lot of communities are sort of struggling um, as time goes on with that volatility and, and trying to figure out, well, how do we diversify? How do we actually get our economies to a point where either we have some more stable sources of income for the workers in our communities, or, um, you know, we've just got enough diversification that if we have a downturn in one, we've got some backups in others.
0: We both know. I mean, you've seen Mad Max, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like the original Mad it's Max. It's a classic. Yeah. and Yeah. And, you know, you've got Tina Turner starring in the film. And her song always hits me, right? She has this chart-topping hit. Uh, so I'm just going to read it here to you. And it says, uh, we don't need another hero. We don't need to know the way home. All we want is life beyond the Thunderdome. So, Jeremy, in your opinion, what do you think it's going to take for communities to get beyond their own Thunderdome? This is the most interesting analogy
1: I've ever <laughs> encountered in an interview or podcast. I'm making it work. I don't know <laughs> if I'm forcing
0: it, but I'm making no, no, it work.
1: It's all good. Um, to extend the Thunderdome example, um, you know, I think one of the difficult parts of where we're heading is just that... Um, there's an overreliance within capitalism and within our sort of economic makeup that it, there's high focus on competition and so definitely individual communities are competing with each other constantly and and I think that there are different um, economies that are actually sort of competing for Focus, you know, there, there's definitely boosters in different industries that are trying to sway our investment and sway our focus to them, uh, rather than, um, you know, thinking about a, a more diversified economy that focuses on things like human wellness, etc. And, and so we're experiencing now decades and, and some would argue even centuries of that approach and the, the results of that approach. There's definitely a lot of struggle that communities are going through because of that competition. And so just like in, in Thunderdome, they were competing for those, you know, gasoline and other resources. You know, we, we kind of have those sort of economic struggles today. Yeah.
0: Economic development officers saying, look, I'm playing the cards that I have. I'm a slave to the global economy. Is there an option? Is there an alternative? And I think you kind of are creating that alternative through your work with SFU. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Uh, Sure. So the uh, Community Economic Development Program at Simon Fraser University, it's housed in the faculty environment, but we're sort of a weird... A program, in the sense that you know, we come from a, a true economy positioning. Sustainability is part of our overall mantra, but we're really talking about a whole number of things, from you know social inclusion to um, to well being, to you know environmental sustainability, social justice, all kinds of things. And so, um, so in that sense, we're an outlier in the program, but we're also an outlier in the sense that we're not really just about academia. It's not like we're sitting there in the ivory tower reading a lot of books and then producing more books. Uh, we're out in the community. You know, we're we're actually trying to do um, community economic development, either through training the ecdev officers who are going back in their communities to do this work, or doing, you know, direct planning support. So working with communities to figure out, well, how do we prepare for disruption? How do we recover from disruption? Uh, how do we, you know, create economies that are going to be the best for for our people? And so uh, it's been ex- really exciting in that case because I think this is where universities should be. You know, we should be in the business of community support, not just sort of being nerds and isolating ourselves.
0: A couple years ago, I was at the Aboriginal Financial Officers Association. Uh, they have these great conferences. And I was there with a whole bunch of uh, indigenous economic development officers and corporations. And it was literally the day before the national lockdown because of COVID. And here we are. We had this incredible guy, Art Napoleon, used to be in this uh, APTN show, Moose, Meat, and Marmalade. Uh, he's a former chief, uh, I believe, of Northern Manitoba Cree. He speaks his language fluently, he's a musician, he's a political activist and a and a thinker. And he had, I think he put down his musical instrument and stopped being an actor for a second to put on that leader hat and started talking about how indigenous world values need to be leaned on a little harder if we're going to somehow lift ourselves out of the current globalization state that we that we're in right now. You know, I always laugh because I hear People talk about, oh, you know, things are going to hell in a handbasket. We need a new framework. We need a new idea. We need a new bell and whistle. And it's really not, in my opinion, it's really not about that. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't like Valentine's Day because, you know, if you love somebody, you should show them every day, not once a year. The same with Earth Day. You know, it's nice to have, give the Earth a little bit of a platform, but gosh, given what's going on, we should be giving it that kind of platform every single day of the year. So, I guess what I want to ask you was, do we need another framework or do we simply need to remember and use what Art Napoleon reminds us has worked for tens of thousands of years?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are so many frameworks out there. Um, it, it You know, the, the sort of intellectual market of change is, is getting a bit glutted. And, you know, and I would say to your direct point, absolutely everything that we're doing in the, the community economic development program and everything that you see in Everything from ecological resilience and the way that we now approach, you know, disaster preparation and recovery to socially inclusive economies and and all all these things that we are, are considering these modern, this modern evolution and thought and approach to complex problems. I mean, that's all indigenous thinking. It's all, you know, the same values that they've been art- articulating since time immemorial and as non-indigenous people are sort of being a Columbus to those ideas, you know, we're like, oh, look at what I discovered, you know, and and it's been around. You know, I would definitely, you know, want to highlight that from the
0: outset. This show is about travel. So if we were going to take some of the ideas that you've talked about today, what do you think that the community economic development principles you've been talking about could do for the business of, let's say, destination development that right now some would say has been too focused on? Maybe in the past, tourism is just as guilty as Uh, any other industry on focusing too much on demand and supply side economics, solutions that don't consider the multiple bottom line, uh, narrow focus on revenue, ideas and pursuits that weren't compatible with indigenous worldviews. So what do you think that CED principles can do for tourism development?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when I look at tourism from, from my perspective, you know, I see a couple of things that, Really stand out, and one is is congestion. You know, there's just a a lot of, a lot more people going to a lot of destinations um, and creating either sustainability issues because the actual environmental or public infrastructure can't sort of accommodate all those people or. There's just congestion around daily living, people not being able to live their own lives within this city or, you know, region, uh, because there are just so many people coming in from outside. There's also, you know, what I see is over commodification of, of the actual quote unquote tourism assets. Um, you know, there's just always this desire to commodify the next site, you know, commodify the next tour, you know, the next thing. And so I hear from a lot of people about how, You know, there are actually some social, spiritual, personal values that people attach to certain places and they don't necessarily want those places to be commodified. They don't want it to be sold and shared with everyone. They want to keep that sort of private to their communities. And so, you know, when we take a community economic development approach to things like tourism, you know, we're... We're asking people not only what are the assets that you have that, you know, we can actually develop into, you know, an economic driver, but also what are the values that you have for your community? You know, like what are the things that you care about? What are the things that you love about this place and how can we protect those?
0: I think we're seeing a lot of signals that things are kind of headed in your direction. right? I mean, I think the tourism industry at large is realizing that the resource is finite. And that the world is watching and wants its special places. And certainly Canada has no lack of special places to be intact. It's almost like these special places don't just belong to the community or Canada. They belong to the world because we're only on this one little planet. And I see a lot of different frameworks out there that are kind of in the dirt practical, getting people to do things like uh, thinking of the biosphere initiative that the Thompson Okanagan Tourism Association has started and got a whole bunch of other regions to sign on to. I'm seeing larger organizations like Destination Canada, who have been traditionally focused on uh, generating demand and visitation, just announced that they've got a senior VP role now for destination development. And I'm assuming that they're looking at what are these more holistic values that that we need to carry forward, not only in our everyday business within a community, but how we do business between provinces, how we do business with the world. I'd like to thank you for being on the show today. Uh, And if you want to learn more about how CED generates stronger tourism outcomes, we've got what you're looking for on our website at travellocalmarketing.ca. And remember, give this episode a like, share it with your friends, and colleagues and give us a follow on LinkedIn and Facebook. We'd sure appreciate it. I'm gonna honor Matthew McConaughey uh, from Texas by saying, all right, all right, all right. Have a great day, Jeremy. Thanks so much. Thanks, you too, Will.